You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. We're your host. I'm Bo Brock. Give me a follow at Bob Brack. And Q Myers, our guy, your boy Q. Follow him as well at your boy Q254. I'm the host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. He's the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And we want to talk about anything else but our teams, Q, at this point, after last weekend's performances. Yeah, I'm not bragging about the Locked On Raiders right now. <laughs> I'm not I'm not bragging about anything Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to have to show me something this week against the lowly Jets who have not won a game. They're definitely going to have to prove that I need to be uh, really bragging and talking about them and giving them a lot of shine because, man, that no performance that they had against Atlanta last week was a terrible, terrible display of some kind of football. So, yeah, they're, they're on my bad side right now. If I was handing out uh, Christmas gifts, I'd give them a stocking full of coal right now. <laughs> I will say, though, I mean, in the last couple of seasons, the New York Jets this year are about the get right, get rightiest game you could possibly ask for on your schedule after struggling the previous week or previous weeks. In the case of the team I cover, the Arizona Cardinals, they've dropped back to back games. They've got a big game against an NFC West opponent in the LA Rams. Is that coming up in the six pack? You'll have to stick around to find out we're going to get into some big time talk it's a topic it's a big show even though we're not recapping a Thursday night football game and that's part of what we're going to discuss when will you see Thursday night football um, we're seeing a ton of schedule uh, I guess adjustments with the <laughs> NFL due to COVID concerns and impact of COVID-19 and a contender queue is getting a boost with a playmaker being reinstated we'll tell you who that is and how how big of an impact he could potentially make in a uh, with the NFC playoff picture. We'll get into all that here on this edition of Locked On NFL. This podcast, of course, brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism, commitment, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. No football last night. Still, it didn't mean that I couldn't drink a Pepsi last night. No, no doubt about it. And it was really strange not having any Thursday night football, right? Look, we had Wednesday football, Wednesday afternoon, but we didn't have any Thursday night football. So I know a lot of times those Thursday night games are hit or miss, but man, it sure was strange not having, going up and down the dial of the TV and thinking, where is my Thursday night game? And well, it wasn't. It was supposed to be the Cowboys and the Ravens. And because of the Ravens and all their issues that they had COVID-19 related, their game got pushed multiple times by the NFL uh, with Pittsburgh. And they end up losing that game with the shell of a team. And uh, it was just, like I said, strange not having a Thursday night game. But um, kind of going back to that Wednesday game, Bo, I feel like that that probably should have been a game that the NFL looked at and said, yeah, uh, we'll wait for you guys to get a little bit healthy and maybe play this game in week 18. Yeah, there were some strange decisions that were made. You know, Sunday you had Denver rolling out a, a guy that was had an everyday job just like you, I, and the listeners had. And he was kind of thrust, thrust into playing quarterback for a team, went one for nine. Uh, and he was a he was a practice squad wide receiver at best. And then you had this situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens, which is 
just kind of gotten the ball rolling on just scheduling conflicts. Now the NFL seems like they've figured things out and Pittsburgh will take on the Washington football team on Monday instead of Sunday. And then you've got uh, Baltimore who was supposed to take on Dallas on Thursday night football last night. That game's been pushed to another TNF, and that's Tuesday night football. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday night football, TNF, unbelievable. <laughs> it's funny, though, now that that game was played on Wednesday, there is actually going to be, in the 2020 football season, a, a football game, an NFL game played every single day of the week in the calendar year because you'll have Friday night games when it comes to uh, Christmas. You'll have Saturday night games popping up pretty soon. And then you've already had a Wednesday afternoon game. So every day of the week has been exercised by the NFL. But, but, Bo, week 18 is still available <laughs> and it's still not being exercised yet by the NFL. They're very hell-bent on not using week 18 and being able to have that buffer week. It is crazy how reluctant they are to go to that, you know, flexing a week 18 on the NFL schedule. It, it's crazy, but it's so far it's worked out. They haven't had too big of an issue. Now you can think back to the Tennessee Titans and the debacle that that was. And most recently the Baltimore Ravens, which had, you know, a huge spike this past week. What was it up to? Was it past 18? Was it 19 at some point? It was right around that number mm -hmm. as far as positive cases and including the reigning MVP and Lamar Jackson. But no matter, they played on Wednesday, and we saw the return of Robert Griffin III, if that's what you want to call it. He was starting and playing quarterback for the Ravens, not well at many points, but he was back in the, in the Ravens. They took it out, and now they're trying to pick up the pieces and get ready for a game against Dallas on Tuesday. Yeah, no, they are, and, you know, they're kind of reeling, man. They're sitting at 6-5, and five, and they were a team that was heavily favored to challenge with the Chiefs and obviously uh, uh, Pittsburgh in, in the in the AFC, and they just don't look like that team. They look like they've regressed. Lamar Jackson obviously didn't play. Like you mentioned, RG3 was out there, and there's a reason why he's a backup. I think he is now uh, have to accept the fact that he is a, a backup in the league at best, and uh, I, I just kind of feel like this Greg Roman offense is, has has been figured out there in Baltimore. So they're going to have to get back into the lab and figure some things out because, again, uh, they got some games They they got some games that are very winnable, but if they put out the kind of performance that they did on, uh, on Wednesday afternoon, they might not win too many more games. They might be on the outside of the playoffs looking in. The AFC is a very, very competitive uh, conference as far as the playoffs run go. And, and you know, coming down the stretch of the season, it's going to be very interesting to see where the chips fall. Yeah, I mean, the AFC is stacked compared to where the NFC is, where you could have some stragglers kind of sneak in. We're like in, at the Arizona Cardinals cling to the seventh and final playoff spot, a position that was created this past offseason. It was an additional playoff team in each conference. Uh, but the AFC, I mean, if you don't win potentially double-digit games, you could be making tee times come January. Yeah, you really can. And it's funny that you mentioned the Arizona Cardinals sitting in that uh, that seventh spot, uh, a team in their division, and you know it very well as the host of the Locked On Cardinals. Uh, the NFC West is obviously very competitive. Uh, how about the Seattle Seahawks getting a little bit richer on on uh, on Wednesday? It was, uh, you know, or on Thursday, I mean, excuse me, found out that Josh Gordon, good old Josh Gordon, could have been one of the best receivers in, in football, reinstated to the Seattle Seahawks, so he should be available for their disposal for the 
the last two games of this regular season. So uh, it's almost like the rich get richer. You know, the, the Seahawks are already cooking with grease, uh, picked up a big victory over the Cardinals a couple of games ago, and uh, looks, looks you know, like they're figuring things out defensively. That's been their Achilles heel. So, uh, you know, I just think that they've all of a sudden now starting to stick stack some uh, some weapons together for their stretch run, and, and obviously they're running to the playoffs. Russell Wilson is probably at the house thinking Christmas came early for him. Yeah, I mean, when you couldn't think that they could get better at that position when you've already got Tyler Lockett and you've got DK Metcalf, two guys who complement each other very well in that passing attack, and now you add Josh Gordon, who's just... he. Can, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect from Josh Gordon. We saw him kind of in a sample size playing for Seattle in five games, and you know, he has seven catches, 139 yards. He, he came over after a stint in New England, but... I anytime you can add a guy with his type, his size, his athleticism, yep. I, I know he's far removed from leading the NFL and receiving in 2013, but he's still a guy that, I mean, it's got to strike fear in opposing defenses, trying to put hats on all those talented receivers in Seattle now. Right, and that's the thing. I think that Josh Gordon just makes them that much more dangerous because you're already looking at DK Metcalf. You're already looking at Tyler Lockett. You're already looking at the weapons that they have, and now you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I slow down this guy? Josh Gordon, at the very least, is another set of reliable hands and an athletic dude. And DK Metcalf, man, I got to talk on him, and I got to brag on him, and it's not because I said that this dude was going to be a, a, a all-world uh, wide receiver and that he was the best wide receiver in the draft a couple seasons ago. No, I was completely opposite, Bo. I, I thought that, you know, this guy wasn't even the best wide receiver at Ole Miss. I thought that was A.J. Brown. And now, look, A.J. Brown's really good. But uh, D.K. Metcalf was coming off that uh, neck injury, and I thought, man, this guy looks like, he looks like a workout warrior. And as we've seen through the combine, we've seen through, uh, you know, draft processes year after year after year, there's always that workout warrior who is exactly that. He's that guy who looks the part, but then he goes out there and he's not the part. Well, D.K. Metcalf, he looks the part and he is the part. I, I know that Jim Schwartz the other day caught some hell because he talked about him and, and possibly being almost on the level of Megatron but not quite there yet and that kind of motivated DK Metcalf to have a really big game uh, against Detroit but I'll tell you he don't remind me of Megatron he reminds me of T.O. and I know T.O. is a Hall of Famer so I don't want to put that on him too soon but this dude built like uh, built like T.O., uh, athletic like T.O., can stretch the field and also can go across the middle and get that big hit and still be the last man standing. So I think Seattle's got a dog in D.K. Metcalf. And now to get Josh Gordon as well, that's just a heck of a uh, nice duo there to go along with Tyler Lockett. I, I think, look, you got to get in line. That's a, It's a long line of people who missed on D.K. Metcalf, including 31 NFL football teams. A couple you know, times. There was, there was opportunities. You know, covering the Cardinals, Andy Isabella is a wide receiver that the Cardinals took a couple spots ahead of DK Metcalf in that draft in the second round. And, I mean, each and every time that Metcalf takes the field, especially in primetime games, there's Cardinals Twitter of people in a, in a frenzy talking about how general manager Steve Kime let him get away. But the same could be said for each and every general manager that's not John Schneider up in Seattle who plucked DK Metcalf uh, just a few picks later, and it's just absolutely reaping all the rewards. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, look, I don't think Jim Schwartz was incorrect in what he said. Look, if DK Metcalf wants to use that as bulletin board material and he had a great game against Philly, that's great. But I, I, I'm not ready to anoint him, you know, in that in Megatron uh, rarefied air. And and I and I like your comp better. I think that Terrell Owens is is a is a better comp. Absolutely. As, as far as more of a, a burner and a guy that's going to take the top off the defense instead of a possession guy 
uh, on on steroids, not literally on steroids like uh, Megatron was. Right, exactly. Uh, that's that's just who I look at. And look, T.O. is a Hall of Famer, like I mentioned, so I don't want to get, put that that uh, that on him, that expectations. But the dude is leading the league in, in yards uh, receiving, and he only has like 58 catches on the season, but he's over 1,000 yeah. yards receiving. So, uh, I mean, he's just doing some big things in Seattle. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. You know that, obviously, uh, you know, with the Cardinals playing Seattle twice a year, you know how they get down. And Russell Wilson, even though he's not playing like he was early in the season when he was leading in the MVP run, uh, he, he's still Russell. Wilson is a real stinking good quarterback so uh, it should be interesting it should be fun to watch how they uh, finish out the season strong and, and see how they really bring on Josh Gordon uh, the last couple games of the season and get him involved as well yeah like Russell Wilson needed another weapon another safety valve he's getting one apparently in Josh Gordon now we'll see how this all plays out we'll see when Gordon can get on the playing field it's been a while but regardless you know you can kind of dream dreaming's free and Josh Gordon, we've seen him play at the NFL at a high level, and he's coming to a team that's leading the division in one of the more talented divisions in the NFL in the NFC West. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock. Coming up next, we're going to crack that six-pack. And later in the show, our guy Chad Millman of the Action Network, he's going to create the perfect parlay to get your bankroll jump started. It's all coming up. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. All right, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On NFL Podcast is Friday edition. It's our favorite time of the show. It's called the Six Pack. This is when myself and uh, my guy, Bo Brack, you can find Bo on Twitter, at Bob Brack, and myself on Twitter, at your boy Q254. This is when we crack open our six-pack. We love to crack open the six-pack. Yeah, we might have a problem, but it's okay. It's a good problem. It's an NFL problem. So, uh, Bo, let's go ahead and crack open the six-pack. Let me know, what's your first game that you got lined up this week? I'm going to start with a little bit of a stinker, but there are playoff potential implications involved. This might be a stretch, but the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not talking about the Jags potentially making the postseason, but I think that Minnesota by clawing back and winning that game as miraculously as they did last week, that they could potentially get themselves back in the thick of this playoff race when you're looking at Chicago and Arizona, and those are two teams that are slumping, that the Minnesota Vikings, with a victory, will be 6-6. Six and six. They're already ahead of the Chicago Bears right now in the standings as far as the NFC North is concerned, but you know, evening their record, the Cardinals could very well lose at home against an L.A. Rams squad, and we'll talk about the the betting implications as far as that game goes with Chad Millman in the next segment and preview that game some more. But I, I think that the Vikings, shockingly, at this point, are still very much in the thick of this playoff chase when a lot of people were counting them out weeks ago. This should be an easy victory, but I don't think anything comes easy to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings this season, but it's Kirk. Looks like Adam Thielen's poised to come back from being on the COVID-19 list. And, of course, Justin Jefferson, who had two touchdowns last season, very instrumental in their comeback. Uh, you know, he's playing at a high level in his first year. Q. I, I kind of like the Vikings to remain in this thing here on out. I mean, they're just going to be in the thick of it. It just It's good for them this week that they've kind of got a bunny in Jacksonville in week 13. 
Yeah, exactly. And as I've learned, you know, bunnies don't always mean a victory, but uh, the Vikings are coming on strong, man. And you mentioned Justin Jefferson. Man, I like him. I talked about DK Metcalf in the first segment, talk about how I missed on him. Well, teams missed on Justin Jefferson as well. He has been cooking with grease this season with Minnesota, looking really, really good for Kirk Cousins. It makes trading Stephon Diggs a lot easier now that they know that they got this young stud in Justin Jefferson. I don't think that Minnesota's going to trip up like the Raiders tripped up in Atlanta a week ago. And like we've seen many other teams trip up with a team that they're supposed to beat. But, uh, you know, Jacksonville, who I'm kind of looking at as still competing for that number one overall pick. Them and the Jets are kind of fighting it and dueling it out. Uh, I think Jacksonville is going to try to show up and hang early with the, the Vikings. But too much Dalvin Cook, too much Justin Jefferson, too much Kirk Cousins. And, oh, like you mentioned, they've got something to play for. They still have an opportunity to make the playoffs if they, you know, have some things go their way and they get on a, a roll. And, well, Jacksonville is going to help them get and stay on that roll, matter of fact. Let me go ahead and jump into my first game in this six-pack. And uh, how about I stay in the same division with the Vikings and uh, look at the Lions at the Bears. Talking about some NFC North action. The Lions sitting there at four and seven. The Bears at five and six. Also, still in the, in the thick of things. I mean, it's a very interesting division. And the only reason I really bring this game up, uh, besides the fact that it's the Lions and Bears and it's kind of, you know, it's got a little bit of historical value to it. But with the Lions firing, firing their head coach, uh, Matt Patricia and their uh, GM it's sometimes that lights a fire under a team a lot of times you'll see a team go out there with the interim head coach and just play a little bit better than they played the week before now I'm not saying the Lions are also going to turn into a really good team but you know under offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel they might just go ahead and and kind of uh, play a little bit above their uh, above their head this week again a little bit fire lit under them I think a lot of players on the team regardless uh, how good they are or what their expectations are for the rest of the season they could be saying hey you know what we better play for the next GM we might play for the next head coach make sure that they see that we have value so sometimes players will get a little bit more fired up Uh, I think that the well I look at the Bears and I was about to say I I think the Bears will still find a way to win this game but their offense is so bad and Mitchell Trubisky is so bad I know their defense is really strong led by Khalil Mack who's a little bit banged up himself Uh, I hesitate a little bit to say that the Bears are going to win this game with confidence but it is at Soldier Field so I'll go ahead and roll with Chicago in this one yeah, that, that might be the only edge that they have in this contest. But yeah, we, we all watched them on sun, Sunday Night Football just get pulverized by Green Bay, both on the offensive and defensive side of the football. There's not a lot going there in, in Detroit. Yeah, teams play hard, as you mentioned, under interim head coaches Daryl Bevel. I mean, I, this guy had both his daughters handed marriage asked for the same weekend that he gets anointed interim head coach. This guy's got way too much going on for him. So maybe it might be the one exception as far as teams playing hard for an interim head coach. He's probably too worried about his his daughters getting married to whoever these guys are that decided to ask him on the biggest weekend of his life. I, don't, <laughs> I, I just thought that that was a curious story coming out of Detroit outside of what was going on with all the them cleaning house. Let me get into my second game of the six-pack queue as uh, I think that the Bears do squeak by the Lions. My second game is a, it's an awesome contest. It's the Cleveland Browns which I think it still sounds weird saying that they're eight and three going up against another eight and three, two teams right smack dab in the middle of the AFC playoff picture, Tennessee at at third right now. And then you've got Cleveland at fifth and it's going to be a, you know, potential showdown in, in the playoffs, but these two teams, one of them loses. If you slide and Miami can hurdle you then at right at this point, as it stands right now, you're having to face the Kansas City Chiefs 
first thing off the bat in the playoffs, and nobody wants that. So when you're jockeying for playoff position, games like this are huge. Now, Cleveland and Tennessee are both teams that like to run the football. Nick Chubb has returned, and he looks stronger than he did before the injury. He just he had another century mark game on the ground last weekend. With that, it's making uh, it's putting Baker Mayfield in better positions as far as he doesn't have to win games with his arm. Uh, but the same thing goes for Tennessee. Derrick Henry is getting it going on the ground. He's been a man possessed. What do you have? The three touchdowns last week in yeah. the first half. Yeah, I mean, look out for Tennessee because they look like they did earlier this season where they were just rolling. And uh, it, Ryan Tannehill's playing at a high level again. I think Tennessee has the slight edge in this contest, but man, is it going to be an entertaining game here in week 13 between a pair of eight win teams? Yeah, it really is. You know, the run game is going to be, uh, you know, uh, heavily relied on by both teams. You mentioned the Browns and, of course, what Derrick Henry's doing with the Titans. I'll say this about Derrick Henry, man. He's already over 1,200 yards rushing. And in 2012, when Adrian Peterson won the, the MVP of the league, he won it with 1,200 yards rushing. So Derrick Henry is already wow. there with a handful of games left to go. But we might actually be, by the end of the season, for a Tennessee, depending on how it goes, and Derrick Henry, we might be looking at a guy who could possibly be rushing for 2,000 yards. And I, I know that quarterbacks run the world. I know they run the league in the NFL. But I'll tell you right now, if, if Derrick Henry gets anywhere near 2,000 yards and he ain't the league MVP, I'm going to be angry. So this is an <laughs> outstanding game between two 8-3 and three teams. Obviously, playoff implications for not only those two teams, but multiple teams in the AFC. Uh, this is going to be a barn burner, man. I kind of hate that it's an it's a early kickoff. But either way you look at it, man, it'll be something to kind of get the juices flowing. I got Tennessee in this game. I think Derrick Henry is just a little bit better than what Baker Mayfield has going on. I'm not saying Derrick Henry's better than the two-headed monster for the Browns, but I think Baker Mayfield will make a mistake or two and it'll allow Tennessee to pick up this victory. So that's who I got going uh, in that game right there. Let me jump into my second game in the six-pack here. And, well, it's a team that better bounce back after what they did last week, and that's the Raiders. Of course, I host the Locked On Raiders podcast. They get blown out by the Falcons uh, 43-6 to last week, and they were a team that were in the playoffs. They were sitting there at the seventh seed. Now they're out of the playoffs. So that Titans and Browns game we just talked about, that's a game that all Raiders and Raider fans are going to be looking at as well. They're sitting at 6-5. and five. They're facing the Jets that are 0-11. Uh, this should be one you look at and say, oh, yeah, Raiders get a dub. Well, I said that last year year and the Raiders flew to New York and lost 34 to 3. So uh, yeah, uh, we don't want to see history repeat ourselves as far as uh, Raider fans go. And uh, everyone that's uh, listening to the Lockdown Raiders podcast, everyone's kind of sitting on the edge of their seat, hoping that the Raiders bounce back. But me personally, and Bo, I would love to hear from you. I think this Raiders team is a lot better than they were last year. So I don't see them having that kind of a, a beat down by the hands of the Jets, especially coming off that beat down by the Falcons. I think this is a, a, a team that goes out there and has a little bit of pride about themselves, plays for that symbol on the side of their helmet, and goes out there and shows that they should be a playoff contender. Now they need some help, though, because they're backed into the corner. Yeah, the only thing I would say about the Jets that they have going for them, and it's not much, it's, it's Sam Darnold is back. It, it, but before that, it was Joe Flacco, and you, they struck no fear in their opponents during that stretch. I, I even saw the Cardinals beat up on them and get right, and that seems to be what teams have been doing all season long is when they fall into slumps, they just get right against the gangrene of the New York Jets, and I don't expect the, the Las Vegas Raiders to fall short of that. They've got enough on the offensive side of the football to put this game away early and should. I was shocked at the, the Raiders' performance last weekend against the Falcons. I, I, I with, was with you where I didn't see that one coming. So now Jan, John Gruden is tasked with 
having this team bounce back, you know, it is kind of strange to have a couple early kickoffs for a team that's used to getting up and, and playing a little bit later in the afternoon than this, but I don't think that should affect uh, against one of the worst, as far as talent-wise, one of the worst teams we've seen in the better part of a decade in the New York Jets, despite having Sam Darnold back. There's just not a lot that covered his bearer as far as talent's concerned. So I think Silver and Black bounce back. Let me give you my last addition to the six-pack, and it's a game that's actually being played when it was supposed to be played. It's your Monday night football game. It's the Buffalo Bills on the road against a team that has somehow scratched and clawed its way, like the Minnesota Vikings, back into this playoff picture in the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers coming off a big win over the Los Angeles Rams in Week 12. They host Buffalo. And, uh, you know, Buffalo is one of those teams just like Tennessee and Cleveland where they're jockeying for playoff positioning in a tight AFC spot. So this is just going to be a sneaky good game. I think Josh Allen and this Buffalo team should go on the road across the country to San Francisco and take care of business. But San Francisco has surprised me a couple of times already this season before. So I'm not completely counting them out. Well, yeah, and the thing about it is when it comes to the 49ers who normally play in Santa Clara, they're they're actually playing in, in Arizona, right? They're they're in Arizona That's now right. because Santa Clara shut down. So I guess they're kind of – are they sharing a stadium with the, the Cardinals this week? Yeah, oh. so they're playing back-to-back weeks here. Before they play each other, the Cardinals host San Francisco in week 16, uh, which you would be like, hey, that's nice that the Cardinals are playing nice and they're – having their division foe come over, but are you losing a little home field advantage come your game later in the season because of that? We were talking about that on the podcast earlier, and I I just think that the Cardinals could have said, hey, you know, we'll help you out, but I don't know if we necessarily want to let you play at our stadium. Why don't you hit up your friends in L.A.? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Strong arm would be like, hell no, you can't go play there. Maybe go play in Vegas. (laughs) Right. That would have been funny. Well, I do I do think Buffalo handles their business in that game against uh, San Francisco, wherever they're playing, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. They're the San Francisco 49ers who play in Santa Clara but will be playing in Arizona, so you go figure it out. <laughs> that's that's and, and you think the Raiders travel a lot. Let me give you my final game in this six-pack and uh, final game for the week for us, and it's also a Monday game. It's a little bit earlier, though. How about the 4-7 and seven Washington football team at the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously. Obviously won that game on a Wednesday afternoon against the Ravens, a pretty ugly game. Uh, Bo, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be the game I'm calling the upset of the week. I don't think Pittsburgh goes undefeated this season. I think Washington has a very strong front. Their uh, their uh, front four and their uh, linebackers, their front seven really are uh, are dogs as far as the defense goes. And I think that they're going to get after Pittsburgh. I think they're going to get after Big Ben. Bud Dupree is out. He he tore his ACL for the Steelers and their defense. And I think that's going to hurt as well. They're eleven and zero, so it's kind of hard to be overrated. But I don't really think it's the best eleven and zero in the league, if that makes any sense. So I'm going to go with the upset here. And uh, say Washington pulls it off. I agree with you that I don't believe they're going to go undefeated, but I don't think it happens this week. I don't <laughs> think they suffer their first loss this season. Washington, they look great on Thanksgiving. That was the last time we saw them. They blew the doors off the Dallas Cowboys in a rivalry game. Antonio Gibson, he had three touchdowns on the ground. An impressive performance there. Can Alex Smith make enough throws that this Washington football team needs him to make to beat this Steelers Team, Can they keep pace offensively with the Pittsburgh Steelers? This is going to have to be an ugly contest. It's going to have to be played, you know, at, at Washington's pace. I just don't think that they, they've got the personnel that's capable of doing that. 
I'm, I'm not calling the upset just yet. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be great for Monday night or Monday afternoon football, but uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Pittsburgh's uh, loss is going to have to come later in the year to maybe a team like Cleveland or Buffalo, not the Washington football team, who's vying for a division title, which is crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It will be interesting. Uh, I'm excited about it. Maybe I'm uh, I'm reading a little bit too far into it and giving Washington a little bit too much uh, love. Maybe I'm giving Alex Smith a little bit too much love, but I cannot wait to look uh, and check it out coming up on Monday afternoon. Well, coming up next, Bo, we got Chad Millman from the Action Network. Uh, he's going to tell you all things of betting lines, going to tell you how to put some money in your pocket this holiday season, and maybe, just maybe, he'll, uh, he'll give my Raiders some love. I doubt it he never does but we'll see we got that coming up next here on the locked on nfl podcast it's a friday you know what that means here on the locked on nfl podcast with bo brock your boy q our guy chad millman the action network the favorites is the podcast he joins us he likes to talk trash about the las vegas raiders and he likes to give us winners that's all the guy does he eats sleeps breathes winners chad what's going on my friend how are you guys doing we're doing great. We're trying to uh, build this stack as we build up towards the NFL postseason. We'll see if we'll get an extra game. We talked about a potential Week 18. That's got to make a better like yourselves uh, just light up with glee thinking about an extra week of NFL football. Why not? Like This is when sort of everybody in our business makes their money, <laughs> whether you bet on it or not. Like NFL drives the bus if you're in the sports media business. So I will take as many weeks of the NFL – as I can possibly get. And the truth is like the fact we're in December and we're heading into a week 13, I feel like everything has been a gift. And like, I am just hoping and praying we can get through the next four weeks. And then all of a sudden the NFL is cutting the number of teams that are playing in half and they can figure out how to very quickly isolate those teams and uh, make it as easy as possible to keep the season going. Let me ask you this before we get into the these great games on tap for week 13. With so much being unknown right now, is that an advantage for somebody that's that's betting each and every week or are you are you seeing it tougher to handicap these games? Um it's it's not an advantage. Um I would say that but it doesn't it doesn't it makes it more confusing and it makes you more cautious. Uh not so much like day to day, you know, if there's a lineup right now, you know, Colts, Texans or Bengals, Dolphins, like you're not thinking about COVID when you're betting on that game or when you're handicapping that game. You're thinking about COVID when you know about COVID. So like it was impacting how people were thinking about the Ravens, even if some of their players were coming back. And so it just makes it harder once you know about it, not not in the moment you're handicapping the game. Well, Chad, let All me right. go ahead and get into these games, and there's a lot of good games to look at. And uh, I'm not even going to talk to you about the Raiders this week after they got embarrassed by the Atlanta Falcons last week, But and I'm sure that's good for you. But I do want to ask you about the Falcons. Uh, they're at home. They're playing against the Saints, and the Saints are three-point favorites right now. Uh, is it Should it be that close, even though Atlanta just blew out the Raiders? But the Saints are a different dog. Yeah, I think it should be. I think it's the right line. So these teams played two weeks ago yep. uh, in New Orleans. It was the first game that Taysom Hill was starting. And I, I was smashing the Falcons. I thought this is the exact right spot. 
the books didn't adjust enough. The Falcons under Raheem Morris had been playing much, much better. Um, and the Saints, obviously, they had, you know, Taysom Hill, and, and you just didn't know what it was going to be. The, the line was Saints three, three and a half. And so, you know, we know what happened. The Falcons, whenever they got over midfield, the best they could do was muster a field goal. And they generally looked terrible and gave up, a, you know, a ton of sacks. And, and it was just an ugly game. And I don't know that I've gotten any more confident about the Saints and Taysom Hill and their offense. I do think that what the Falcons did against the Saints was a bit of an anomaly. We saw what they did against the Raiders last week. And and their offense has just been playing much better. I think that they got caught in a really bad spot against the Saints, at least I'm hoping. I'm still, as much as I hate it, I hate betting on the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to hold my nose and bet this and on the Falcons. And to be honest, like I'm looking at Action Network right now and we track the number of bets coming in and the amount of money coming in on every game. And bets is usually an indicator that that um, amateur bettors are on a side. Money is usually an indicator that professional bettors are on a side. And uh, right now I'm seeing the majority of bets on the Saints and the majority of the money on the Falcons. So it's shaping up to be a pros versus Joe's game. Let's take a look at a team that's been the hot hand for more than a month. They did have one hiccup against the Denver Broncos, but I'm talking, of course, about the Miami Dolphins. And they rebound with an easy win over the Jets last week. Fitzmagic back under center and the shotgun for the Dolphins. And they are heavy favorites against the Brandon Allen-led Cincinnati Bengals. Looking at the spread at 11.5, do you see any value on either side of this one? I mean, I think I see a little bit of value on the Finns but not very much like 11 and a half is a huge number. And I will admit I was on the giants last week at, at minus six. It was obviously a mistake. And I think that sometimes what happens is, and we see this, we see this with, with backup quarterbacks who come in and there's not a lot of tape. There's momentum in that first game. The defense has a hard time figuring out who they are. Uh, The second game, the Dolphins are just a really good team. They're a much better defense. And I, like if Fitzpatrick is playing offensively, they, they've proven to be more effective. And so I would back the Dolphins here. It won't be ugly. It won't be pretty. It's not going to be a game that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the one I want to bet. Um, but, you know, if you're, you're asking me for a side, I would take Miami. Chad, one team that I enjoy watching, at least offensively, is the Houston Texans. I like to see what Deshaun Watson has cooking. Uh, Now, Will Fuller, he's out for six games. He got suspended, so he's going to be out the rest of the season. So that's one of his weapons. Uh, They're at home this week. They're taking on the Colts. That's a division team. Uh, The Colts are getting three and a half points right now. Uh, What are your thoughts on this game? You touching this one? Yeah, I like the Colts here. I think this is a great uh, buy low, sell high. You just saw the Colts just get annihilated um, by a division rival at home. And meanwhile, the last time you saw the Texans, they were destroying Detroit in that game on Thanksgiving and looking like really, really good. Not just like destroying a bad Lions team, but really winning like in convincing fashion. That is the right time to go against the Texans. It is the right time to buy the Colts. It is a better coached team. It is, despite last week, a better defensive team. Uh, The Texans without Will Fuller, uh, he's talked a lot about his chemistry with Deshaun. Deshaun has talked about his chemistry with Will Fuller. I think that's a pretty big piece to be losing when there aren't really any other weapons on the offensive side of the ball that scare anybody. Uh, So I like the Colts here. 
Chad Millman, the Action Network, the favorites, the podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman. At Chad Millman. And uh, I've got a game that I've been looking at closely, and it might be paralysis by overanalysis, covering the Cardinals on a daily basis. I just have no trust in this team at home to take care of business in a huge NFC West showdown against the Los Angeles Rams, who are 6-0 and against the Arizona Cardinals under Sean McVay. S- somehow work me into betting on the Cardinals this week. Well, historically, you want to be on the side of the short home underdog. Um, that just, you know, that wins uh, a lot more often than it loses. And I like the Cardinals here. Um, I think that what you're getting is a, is a team in Kyler Murray that I think his shoulder, you know, would be two weeks removed from from sort of that shoulder injury. Um but I think the Rams are having a hard time right now. And Jared Goff is so inconsistent. And I do think it's going to be really challenging against a Cardinals defense that continues to get to improve. And I know Isaiah Simmons had some challenges last week and had some really boneheaded plays, uh, especially at the end that put the, the Pats in, in, um, in the spot to win that game. But I like the way their defense is flying around. I think it causes problems for the Rams. And also, I think the Rams, since they lost Andrew Wentworth, they just have not been the same team in terms of pass protection. And I think it's really affecting Jared Goff. So you're getting a team here that, by virtue of the Cardinals losing uh, a couple weeks in a row in games that it looked like they should have, they should have been the right side, uh, I think you're getting a little bit of value here. This is always about public perception. And right mm-hmm. now, the public perception on the Cardinals is a little bit down. So... Uh, that's when you start to get value. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And, and Chad, the Eagles, they got three wins on the season. The Green Bay Packers, they've only lost three games on the season. They're squaring up this way in Lambeau. Uh, the, the Eagles are being given eight and a half points. Is that enough for this Eagle team that really has no offense and struggles to even have defense? This is a gross game. Just, <laughs> just disgusting. But uh, the Eagles at eight and a half, you kind of got to take it. Um, the Packers defense is no great shakes by any means. And this is one of those pros Joe's games. I'm looking at 65% of the bets coming in on the Packers. I'm looking at, at 54% of the money coming in on the Eagles. Um, that tells you everything you know, need to know that the wise guys are going all in on the Eagles. And much as I hate it, uh, I'm going to have to hold my nose and bet on the Eagles. Let me ask you a quick, I'm putting you on your spot here, but could you, an impromptu, perfect Sunday early game parlay, you got any games you're looking to string together that could maybe jumpstart somebody's stack? Uh, well, that's a good question. Let's look at this. Let's see here. Uh, I kind of like the Bears minus three. I'm thinking about where you can get pretty good odds, right? Yeah. So, um, Raiders Jets. I would do the Bears minus three, Colts minus three and a half. I would do uh Falcons plus three, Colts minus three and a half. To me, I think for the early games, the the Colts are going to be sort of the anchor if I were to do it. Sounds good. You heard it here. It's Chad Millman, the Action Network. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman. Listen to the podcast, The Favorites. Let's make some money this weekend. All right, fellas. Talk to you later. There you have it. A little parlay to jump start your bankroll, get you going as far as playing the bets on Sunday. Thanks to Chad Millman and the Action Network. That's going to do it for us. Bo Brock, your boy Q. Follow along on Twitter at Bob Rackies. This is the way to find me at your boy Q254. 
follow along on Twitter and at Locked On NFL Pods. Q, excited about these games this weekend, my friend. Yeah, I am in a major way, man. I'm hoping that the Raiders find a way to bounce back. Uh, that that ugly uh, loss to the to the Falcons last week, man, left a bad taste in my mouth. So I just need them to get onto the field and play and uh, play a lot better to to make me have a better week next week. Can't wait till it's Sunday morning and we're firing up those games again. And hopefully, yeah, that silver and black get back on track. Whether or not whether or not that happens, our guy Peter Bukowski is going to have a full recap of it on this very podcast Monday. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast.